podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name's Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together we are the minimalists. What are you holding on to just in case? Mm. Ryan, aren't those the three most dangerous words in the English language? Yes. Now, we touched upon this phenomenon in our last film, which is called Less Is Now, which came out one year ago this month on Netflix. Oh, wow. But I want to dive deeper today. So on the public podcast this week, we're going to talk about letting go of tens of thousands of just-in-case items. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan and I are going to talk about seven daily habits to change your life forever. Well, I think we're actually going to just disagree about this a lot, (laughs) which will be fun. And we're going to answer a bunch of your surprise questions. You can check that out at patreon.com slash theminimalists. Your support keeps our podcast podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because say it with me advertisements Advertisements suck yeah they do all right our first question today is from Jessica on Facebook what are your thoughts on keeping collectibles and valuable items just in case they become more valuable one day so you can pass them on to your kids so Hmm. the just in case rule was the very first rule we came up with Ryan we also call it the 2020 rule. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was, uh, th- that's when I realized we were a, a couple of hypocrites because we went down to Tampa or I guess uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, which is in the in the Bay Area. And yeah, we, uh, it was our very first tour stop we ever did. We opened up the trunk and I'm like, dude, look at all this stuff we brought with us. It was like duffel bags and garment bags and backpacks. And we got to talking about it. We're like, why? Why do we have so... We're only gone for two weeks. Like, why do you have so much stuff with us? And uh, what we realized is it was all those just-in-case items. Um, For me, like, the most ridiculous one I could think of was the 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 swimming trunks. Uh-huh. Where, uh, like, we're in Florida. I'm like, we're probably going to go to the beach and go swimming. So, wait, you're not saying swimming trunks are ridiculous, <laughs> but something else was ridiculous. Yeah, too. right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm like, we're probably going to go swimming. Uh, So, I'm going to bring a pair of swimming trunks. And then I'm like, well, those might get dirty. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go ahead and bring two pair. Well, I've got three pair of them, so I'll just bring all three pairs of them. But like, there's just so many items that, um, that yeah, we, we, we both brought just in case. You know, it's so funny, Ryan, because those three words, they give us an excuse to hold on to literally tens of thousands of items that we, are, might, we might use mm. someday in some non-existent hypothetical future. Yeah. And we never think about the cost of those things. So to address Jessica's questions head on, she's talking about collectibles and valuables, holding on to them just in case they might be more valuable one day. Mm. I was thinking about this question as we were preparing for the podcast yesterday. I was walking around my neighborhood and I saw this woman. And she was walking her dog and the dog stopped at a patch of grass and took a crap on the grass. (laughs) And of course, like a wonderful dog owner, she got one of those little bags out and picked up the dog poop. Mm -hmm. But she didn't hold on to the dog poop just in case. Just in case it got valuable. 
Right. <laughs> now, this you're listening to this, you might say, well, this is absurd. What the heck is he talking about? But here's the truth. We hold on to a lot of crap, mm. metaphorically, mm. in our lives. Now, what did she do with that? As soon as she realized it was crap, mm-hmm. she immediately threw it out. She got rid of it. Mm. She disposed of it in the most appropriate way for her, right? Yeah. And I know that seems absurd, but then I started looking up. What are the, what's the most expensive crap in the world? <laughs> what? We'll put a link to this in the show notes. Oh, wow. Here are the 10 most expensive feces ever. I'm not going to read all of them. One of them is a pair of Elvis's underwear that I think they tried to sell for $7,000. It had poop stains on it. But this is an actual piece of crap. I'll hold it up if you're watching this on (gasps) on YouTube. It's gross, right? And it's just... In fact, to blur that out or something, Danny, uh, Jordan's not here today, We, but we have Danny here just in case. Um, <laughs> this uh, is called Lloyd's Bank. First, I thought it said Lloyd Banks, like the G-Unit rapper. Oh, I'm like, man, his crap is worth this much money. So this is the most expensive poop in the world. It's from a Viking, uh, I guess like a couple thousand years ago, and it's $39,000. And so literally you could hold on to crap. Because it might be worth tens of thousands of dollars oh someday. God. Wow. Just in case. Oh my right? goodness. Dude, that is um oh, that is that's insane. Well, so really what I hear you saying, Josh, uh-huh, is we have to be honest with ourselves. When we're holding on to something, is it just for when? You know, does it fall in the seasonality rule? Or are we holding on to it just in case? And if we are holding on to it just in case, is it crap? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and no one, not you nor I can look at someone else and say, well, what you're holding on to just in case it actually is crap. Um, only the person who owns that piece of crap uh-huh. <laughs> can decide that. I'll tell you, though, man, I there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with, you know, holding on to anything. I mean, that we're not trying to make people feel guilty here. Right. Um, there's but, no shame. in Yes. Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, you f- for I've brought this up a couple of times on the on the podcast, you you got me in the fifth grade for my birthday, a Shaquille O'Neal rookie card. And you put it in this really thick plastic case. And Shaquille O'Neal is a good player. Um, I have like this little duffel bag full of like sentimental stuff. It's like one little, you know, I got one little, one little thing. It doesn't overflow. Right. Like I got a space for it. Yes. Um, and the Shaquille O'Neal cards in there. Uh-huh. I looked it up the other day. Dude, it's worth like 500 bucks. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So, like I have something that I've been holding on to that is valuable that really I kind of look at at this point as like a piece of art. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I should figure out how to display that. But, you know, long story short, like, you know, me, Ryan, Nicodemus, one of the minimalists, like I have something that, yeah, I'm holding on to. It has a bit of sentimentality with it. Um, it's worth something. It might be worth something in the future. I definitely have that in mind. But the problem is if we're not honest with ourselves and we hold on to everything we do hold on to those tens of thousands of items and man like let me tell you the the worst just in case item not the worst but like the one of the funniest stories i had this credit card this was back when i was i don't know early 20s that i it was just kind of an emergency type credit card so i had this credit card in my truck uh just in case i forgot my wallet or it was a just in case credit card yes so years go by at some point I I like forgot my wallet a couple times. Totally forgot the credit card was in there, mm. and I didn't find it until I sold that truck. And I was like pulling everything. I'm like, 
oh my God, I've, I could have used this a couple times. <laughs> so all that to say is I was holding on to so many just-in-case items. I didn't even know what I was holding on to. Yeah. You're talking about a few things here. One is you talked about the duffel bag you have. That is literally a physical boundary mm-hmm. for some of these items. Now, I would make an argument that any of those things in there aren't just in case items. They are sure. sentimental items. But and you, yeah. you, you can make that distinction on your own. As you said, Ryan, no one can call your stuff crap. I mean, they can, but it's not it's not up to them to decide. In fact, there's someone who believes this piece of crap that I just pointed out to you is not crap. It is worth tens of thousands, almost $40,000 for this, uh, this poop. It's the most expensive crap in the world. So you're holding on to a lot of expensive crap. And if it's serving you in some way, then wonderful. But the stories we often tell ourselves are what? This might be worth something someday, but we don't think about the actual cost of holding on to it, right? Mm. We only think about the hypothetical worth of it in some distant future. Oh, it's going to be worth $1,000, $500, a million dollars someday. But what is it costing you right now? What is it costing you emotionally? What is it costing you physically in terms of the space that that item is taking up? What is it costing you mentally? Mm. We're getting ready to do next week an episode about mental clutter, the cluttered mind, how much mental clutter is this physical clutter causing and vice versa? When you have a lot of mental clutter, what does that do? Quite often it means we get more things around us to try to organize or straighten the clutter. Mm. Well, that's another problem. You mentioned a few rules here, Ryan. I'm sure we'll touch on them in this episode. The just-in-case rule, the just-for-win rule, the emergency items rule, the seasonality rule. Yeah. There are 16 rules in total that you and I have come up with. They're not really rules, though. These are boundaries. And you can download them for free, Jessica, theminimalists.com slash rulebook. It's called Mm -hmm. The Minimalist Rulebook. You can download all 16 rules for free. And then we'll talk about the difference here between just for when, just in case, emergency items, etc. But first, let's move on to our callers. If you have a question or comment for our podcast, give us a call, 406-219-7839 or email Email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Looks like we have a question here from Stuart in Georgia. I'm a full-time student in school right now and trying to help make ends meet financially. I've been repairing computers and cell phones and doing tech repair services for the past year and a half or so. I have kind of a lot of necessary clutter, I feel like, that comes with this. Um, There's a lot of times where someone's hard drive may die. And instead of having to go to the store to buy a new hard drive for, you know, 50, 60 bucks, I have a stash of them um, along with cables, you know, a lot of odds and ends that come in handy uh, when doing jobs. But as I've kind of been getting rid of junk, um, it's kind of been weighing heavy on me having all this extra clutter for that. Um, I just wanted your advice on, you know, how I can maybe alleviate some of the stress that comes with having that clutter. You know, maybe whether it's through organization or just any kind of strategies that you guys could bestow upon me. I would appreciate that. Um, You know, stopping fixing computers isn't an option right now. I really need the money for it for school. Um, And having these things does, you know, it saves a lot of money. So, Stuart, first off, I want you to know that Ryan and I aren't on this podcast, nor are we ever going around telling people that they should get rid of something. Mm. 
that something is that is a just in case item for one person might be a necessity for someone else. Yeah. Now you use these words in a combination here that I want to challenge you on a little bit. Ryan, he said he had some necessary clutter. <laughs> that is an oxymoron in a way, right? Because clutter simply means something that is getting in the way of what you want to do. Yeah. But these things are actually aiding what you want to do. Now, is there a better way to store it, to organize it, to set up some boundaries with some mm. rules? Yeah. In fact, I would argue that these aren't just-in-case items. They might be just-for-when items. Yeah. Well, you know, this is what I love about the the different rules that we've come up with for ourselves is I think it's pretty universal. Like, take the seasonality rule. You know, he could apply this to his uh, equipment and say, hey, have I used this in the last 90 days? Am I, am I going to use this in the next 90 days? And if not, uh, he can give himself permission to let it go. Now, maybe it's 12 months for him. 12 right. months. Have I used it in the last 12 months? Am I going to use it in the next 12 months? But the key is setting up these boundaries. And here's what I love about the 2020 rule or the just-in-case rule is that, you know, for $20, mm -hmm. you're giving yourself permission to let go of thousands of things. So I'm willing to bet not everything computers are expensive, but like the cables and the cords and the little things, you know, he, if he if he's having trouble letting them go after applying the seasonality rule. Right. This is where the 2020 rule comes into place. You could probably let go of a lot of that stuff and replace it in less than 20 minutes for less than $20. Right. Which, you know, it's, and I was talking to Mariah on the way here to the studio and uh, she was kind of talking about how just in case items don't bother her as much because of the waste that like, she, you know, she doesn't want to. Um, uh, put more things in the landfill if it's not necessary. And we were having a conversation and I'm like, well, you know, anytime you buy something off the shelf, you've already, you've already done the damage to the environment. Yes, there's batteries and certain things you shouldn't bury in landfills, but for all intents and purposes, you know, when you buy something off the shelf, you've kind of already done the damage to the environment. But that's not the first place we tell people to go. All these cables and everything that he has, he can yes. donate these. He can find other people who are going to use these. Put them on Craigslist. I'm sure there's other computer people out there who would totally love, oh, you got that cable. I've been looking for that. And mm -hmm. like now you can maybe even make a little bit of money off of these parts. Um, but but ideally, you know, if I was in his position, um, I agree. I would, I would probably reframe it, not call it clutter. Yeah. It would be like necess uh, necessary equipment that I needed, mm -hmm. but I would have some very, very, um, you know, sh I want to say strict, but that is kind of a pejorative, but I would just have some very clear boundaries yes. on the things that I would keep, how long I'm going to keep them. When am I going to give myself permission to let them go? Uh, if I do need to bring something back in my life, like, you know, how am I going to do that? Like, this is what's going to help him um, just go about this a little bit more deliberately because there's obviously some pain in his voice. That's it. I think that's the problem. And that's how we know it's clutter to right. him, right? Because he's dealing with this, but the problem is you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to manage it, right? You want to eradicate whatever the problem is here. And so how do we do that? It's by understanding that some of this might actually be clutter. And by mm -hmm. applying some of those boundaries you talked about, whether it's a seasonality rule or you can extend it to a whole year because yeah. some of these things he may want to get rid of. Have I used this in the last year? If not, that's probably a good indication that I'm not going to use it over the course of the next year, right? Or you can be honest with yourself. Okay, yeah, but I do plan on using it in March. So having some sort of deadline there. Yeah. And then as you said, 
also setting up boundaries on the letting go. It's not simply throwing it in a landfill. It's trying to sell it first. Yeah. You can sell it on eBay or Craigslist. You can get a few bucks for a ton of these things. It adds up. In fact, Ryan, you said, if I was in your shoes, strangely, we are in his shoes in, <laughs> in a weird way. Right now, in this studio downstairs, we have an annex it's just a storage space that we share with this chef. Shh, Josh will be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and and so when we moved in here, like this, the studio that we're in doesn't have a ton of extra space for equipment that we have, right? No, it has a closet for a water cooler. Right. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and and so we needed some extra space. So there's a chef that is in this building. We and he has this space. We asked, hey, you're using this for storage. Can we share that with you and and pay you a little bit of money each month? But then as we're storing thing, things in there, I've been working with Mallory because we got to get rid of some of these things yeah. because we're no longer using them. They served a purpose for us. Mm -hmm. And then we walk through, okay, we can either sell it. If it doesn't sell in seven days, we lower the price. If it doesn't sell in 30 days, we donate it. Mm -hmm. If you can't donate it, recycle it. And at the absolute last resort, you can trash it. But if you go through that whole process, mm -hmm. virtually everything we have down there that we want to get rid of because it doesn't fit within the 90-90 rule and we're not going to hold on to anything just in case. Yeah. Now, there are a few things we'll hold on to just for when. Now, there's another just-in-case item that we hold on to as well. They're called emergency items. So right. if we had jumper cables in the car, for example. An emergency item is just a just-in-case item you hope you'll never have to use. Yeah. I'm not going to go into depth with that because Ryan and I did a whole podcast episode, episode 281. We'll put a link to that in the show notes mm -hmm. about emergency items. We also talked about our own emergency preparations, and we, we talked about our go bags that we have mm -hmm. at home. And so yeah. we do have some emergency items. So you and I have a few just-in-case items, but only if they are emergency items. Yeah. Now, let's talk about just-for-when items. A just-for-when item is something that may not fit within the seasonality rule, the 90-90 rule, but I know I'm going to need this at some point. I'm certain I'm going to use it. Consumables are a great example for this because you're not going to buy your lotion one squirt at a time. You buy the bottle of lotion, right? Yeah. Uh, same with shampoo or toothpaste or whatever it might be, household cleaners. You buy enough that you can store, that it doesn't get in the way, so it's not necessary clutter. Mm -hmm. And if you have more storage space, it might make sense to even buy some things in bulk mm -hmm. if it saves you some money. If you happen to live in a home that has a pantry and you want to get more canned goods that fit in that space, as long as it doesn't weigh on you physically or psychologically, then it's not clutter. Yeah. I think I need to bring up, too, with the 2020 rule, because it does sound like a almost like a rule of privilege. Mm, like, cause yeah. he's a, he's a college, you know, he's a, he's a college student. Money's tight. You know, I don't want him looking at this and being like, well, I can't afford to just go out and spend $20 every time I need something, which really none of us can. Yeah. I mean, spending $20 every day or twice a day, that's, that adds up to a lot. Um, the, the beautiful thing about that 2020 rule is that, you know, between you and I, we've had to use it, what, five or six times over the last 11 years? Yeah. And it was never, I never, I, I might have had a twinge of like, oh, I let that go about eight months ago. Now I got to go get another one. Right. But I never had like any deep regrets over that, mm -hmm. mainly because that 2020 rule has just given me permission to let go of so much clutter. Right. So much crap 
Yeah. Things that are crap to you may not be crap to someone else. And Mm. so in a weird way, by letting go, you're actually adding value to other people's lives by selling, donating, whatever it might be. But if it sits in our storage annex downstairs beyond 90 days, then it's we know we're not going to use it. Right. So why am I going to selfishly cling to that thing? Mm. And so there's probably, Stuart, there's probably a organization system that works for you. And the only way it's going to work, though, the best way to organize all those supplies and all that stuff and the hard drives and the cables is to get rid of anything you know that is in the way. Mm. And then from there, you'll be able to put things in their place, set up those boundaries, have a room or a space for those things, and not going beyond the space that it fills. Being able to set up that boundary with those rules is going to bring you an incredible amount of freedom Mm. because otherwise you're just going to keep accepting more and more and more. Yeah. And that becomes a kind of prison. This is one of those situations where like organizing actually will help you (laughs) Yes, when you have so much stuff. Same thing when it goes, uh, you know, it's just recently Christmas time. People got Christmas decorations. They use them once a year. Uh-huh. It's a seasonality thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it helps to like have those organized so you can get to them easily. You know how to filter through them. And the same thing uh, with, with Stuart here. Yeah. Um, organize, organizing actually will help you here. And once you have that system in place, then you can start putting these boundaries around. Yeah. Around it. You know, I don't have any just in case items in my home. Before we did this episode, I... I went out around and looked throughout the home. In fact, I got rid of a couple things. We we had some Christmas cards from years past, like you know, with me and Ella and Bex on them. I'm like, why am I holding? Like, <laughs> I guess I was holding on to them just in case I might need to use them next year. They're in a mm. file cabinet. And I'm like, I get rid of these. The only just in case items I have are the emergency items that we we talk on episode 281 about. Anyway, yeah. Stuart, I want to send you a copy of Love People Use Things. It's our most recent book. It came out last year. And uh, in there, we talk about the 16 rules, but also we talk about there's a, a a chapter in there about our relationship with our tools and our distractions and our technology. It's called the relationship with creativity chapter. And so I think you'll find a lot of value in that. So podcast, Sean, if you could reach out to Stuart, send him a copy of Love People, Use Things. If you want the book book, we'll send that to you. Or if you want the ebook or audio book, we're happy to send that to you as well. Let's check in. Well, we can't check in with the Patreon live stream right now because our internet is out. Shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping this podcast advertisement-free. But we are reaching out to Facebook right now, Ryan. It looks like we have a few different comments about just-in-case items. Mallory, Crystal has a comment for us. I'm holding on to so many pairs of blue jeans just in case. So many pairs taking up space. Designer jeans that don't fit, vintage jeans that don't fit, but they might one day. So I hold on to them just in case I lose the weight. Oh, uh, this resonates with me because mm. I, I used to weigh a lot more than I weigh now. Almost, well, I at one point I lost a hundred pounds. Um, that was unhealthy, mm. but I, um, I weighed about eighty pounds more than I weigh now, and so I had a lot of like just in case items. Now, a, a few problems with that. I'm going to hold on to this just in case I gain the weight back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to hold on to this just in case it comes back into fashion one day. Oh wow. Just in case it's trendy again. Mm. And so we start telling ourselves all of these stories. But what if I let go of the things because they're disempowering me? Mm. They're actually sort of weighing me down, keeping me in that past. 
and almost forbidding me from moving forward in the direction that I want to go. Yeah. Man, Crystal, I if if I was in Crystal's shoes, I would give myself a date, an end date. Like, hey, I'm gonna if I don't if I can't fit into these clothes by, you know, the end of the year, then I'm gonna get rid of them. Right. Um, but this is all I really want to tell Crystal is you gotta be honest with yourself. Are you really gonna put the effort into losing the weight? I hope you do. Yeah. I, I I hope that you come up with a plan and you stick to it and you get to fit in those size three jeans again. Yes. I would love to fit in some size three jeans, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you wear know like a, a scarf. Right. Yeah, right. But you know what? I'll never fit into a pair of size three jeans. Yeah, right. And and so I think with with anything like this, by the way, you can always buy a new pair of size three jeans as a reward for getting down to where you wanted to be mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. You don't have to cling to those things. In fact, by letting go and saying, hey, I'm going to move forward and wherever I end up, mm-hmm. wherever my arrival point is and all the points along the way, mm-hmm. I can adjust accordingly. Yeah. You don't need the things from the past to make the future version of you. I you rem- could tweet that podcast, Sean. Yeah. No, man, I have, uh, I've gotten rid of a couple things that I've just outgrown. And uh, <laughs> the way I look at it, when I let go of a couple things, because like when I was in high school, I think I was a size like 32 waist. You know, I don't think I'll ever get back to a size 32 waist. What right. are you, like a 28? Me, 29, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so jealous. You could fit into those size three jeans. 29, 34. Right. So um, I remember when I was letting go of a lot of those clothes and I was going through this this same thing. Um, and this was like, you know, my early 20s. I gained weight, couldn't fit into stuff. And I was like, well, probably not going to like lose the weight anytime soon. Right. If I do end up losing the weight, and I need to buy smaller jeans. What a good problem to have. Oh. So like I kind of just thought to myself, like, I hope I have to buy new jeans after letting these go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- because what you're saying is I hope that I get to move forward and be the version of myself that I want to become. Yeah. Malabama, we got one more question here. One more comment rather from Lisa on Facebook. One of my favorite just-in-case items is a 3 by 5 inch notebook that holds the list of books and music that left my home. If I'm ever in need of literature or stumped for music to listen to, I'll refer to the list and see if I'm actually even interested in buying or borrowing the book or downloading the music or buying the CD. You know, this isn't a, a just-in-case item. And so yeah. give yourself permission to keep this. This is something you're getting value from regularly. Yeah. Anything that you're currently getting value from regularly is by definition, by its very essence, not a just-in-case item. The just-in-case items are things we hold on to that we're not using. They're not serving us. They're not adding value to our lives. And because they're not adding value to our lives, they're cluttered. They're getting in the way. Anything that's serving you, though... How wonderful is that? Ryan and I are not against things. We're not against material possessions. Mm. What we're against is the burden of thinking we're supposed to have certain things just in case we might need them someday in some non-existent future. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your comments and questions to 937 202 
4654. Yes, indeed. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place minimalmaxims.com. Thanks to our good friend, Jessica Lynn Williams. Sue has a question for us, Alabama. How do you deal with the I told you so when you got rid of a just-in-case item and later needed it? It's like being taunted that you got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, first of all, I guess my first question would be, who is who are you hanging out with yeah. this is saying I told you so? Why are you hanging out with jerks, Sue? <laughs> right. Now, here's the other problem. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. Yeah. So if Sue is doing the I told you so to herself. Mm. Then simply stop the I told you so with yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing. Ryan talked about this earlier. Getting rid of the just in case items is you're essentially paying a little bit of money. Let's call it 20 bucks a year mm -hmm. to give yourself permission to let go yeah. of tens of thousands of just in case items. And so guess what? You could also go around telling yourself, I told you so, you'd never need that waffle iron again. Yeah. I told you you would never need those excess towels that are in the closet in the basement. I told you you wouldn't need all those random hardware parts that are up in the attic. I told you so that you won't need all of mm. that junk, the DVDs, the CDs, the Walkman, the Discman, all of the exercise equipment and camping equipment you never use. I told you so. I told you you would never need that. Mm. Well, you could TikTok that, Danny. Mm. So, Sue, here's something pithy for you. If you ever regret letting go, you can simply let go of the regret. Boom. Here's the thing about regret. We often regret something because we tell ourselves a story. Mm -hmm. I did one thing, but I should have done some other thing. Mm. There is no should. There only could. So, yes, could you have done something different? Well, yeah, of course. In hindsight, yeah, there's a, a part in, in Love People Use Things. Uh, hindsight is 50-50. <laughs> it's my favorite Jim Harrism, a, a boss of mine, a mentor of mine mm -hmm. back in my early 20s. He, uh, I screwed up. I, I really messed up with this customer. And, and he meant to say hindsight is 20-20, the mm -hmm. regular colloquialism. But on the phone, he just slipped and he said, hindsight is 50-50. And I remember it being so profound because really what he was saying is, look, it's going to go either way. Right. So you might as well do the thing that makes you feel, well, the thing that feels the most appropriate to you, the thing that feels true to you. Because mm -hmm. holding on to the excess stuff certainly doesn't feel true. Yeah. It feels like a burden. And anything that feels like a burden over a long enough timeline actually robs you of your freedom. And so do you want to give up that freedom just because uh, someone might say, I told you so? Yeah, man. I mean, I think I, I try not to tell people I told you so, but I'm sure I've said that before in the past. Right. Um, Same. But yeah, I absolutely would have a, a much different conversation with someone who kept telling me, I told you so about something, trying to make me feel guilty about a decision I made. Like, first off, I have my own guilt. I don't need anyone else to make me feel more guilty about anything. So, um, so yeah, Sue, but you know, here's the thing about regrets. Regrets are a symptom of something that could have gone a different way. And that's okay. We, life is filled with regrets. And, uh, well, my pithy answer is this, 
I deeply regret if I died without any regrets. <laughs> because if you if you're not having any regrets, then that means you're not really getting outside your comfort zone. You're not trying anything new. You're not you're not uh putting yourself out there. Yeah. And it's it's okay to live a very safe life and cushy life and you know go with uh go with what you know is going to happen uh, to have as much certainty as possible like that's I'm not saying that it's not okay to do that but if you step outside your comfort zone you're probably going to live a much more meaningful life and yeah you're probably going to have a couple of regrets along the way amen and the studies actually show that the safer we make our world the more we sort of put ourselves in danger mm. Because everything becomes dangerous to us because we're not prepared, right? We, we, if we've nerfed everything, then mm. we're not actually prepared for the difficulties of everyday life, of everyday living. Now, we've seen some of this over the last few years where, we, with, especially with lockdowns and stuff, maybe we became a little overly cautious in certain circumstances mm. and we had to adjust accordingly, realizing like, oh, yeah, this Level of caution makes sense for a period of time. Mm. But if we live in a state of perpetual, perpetual caution, mm. it's not the place from which we grow. It's not the place, fr place from which we thrive. Mm. Amen. We got so much more to talk about. But first, real quick, for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. Ryan, next week, we're finishing the Love People Use Things Tour. Oh, man. It's 20 cities in total. We have uh, three left. We have Chicago and Columbus and Minneapolis. And you can join us at any of those events, theminimalists.com slash tour. By the way, we're postponing our two Canadian dates because of, well, certain restrictions restrictions and local restrictions, venue restrictions right now. They've limited the number of people in Canada who can show up at events. No Christopher Walken lookalikes allowed. <laughs> <laughs> My hair terrified them. Thanks, Canada. But we'll uh, we'll get up there soon. Find all the details, theminimalists.com slash tour, or you can find all 20 of our events, the Love People Use Thing Tour events over at patreon.com slash the minimalists alabama you got something for us here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners hi josh and ryan my name is zeal from jersey city new jersey in regards to episode 204 as an artist i find it helpful to add my own expiration dates on my supplies so i can use them within a month or a year this helps me set a date usually with a permanent marker on the packaging or on a post-it note Hey guys, this is Jessica calling from Boston about episode 190 on positive thinking. You guys were discussing whether or not it's a good idea to try and be positive all the time, even on your bad days, faking it till you make it, etc. And I definitely think it's a strength and a skill to be able to look on the positive side of things, but at the same time, I think it's really important to dig deep and figure out the why in everything that comes up in our lives, whether it's good or bad. After discovering that we have like 60,000 thoughts a day and about how 80% of them can be negative and self-critical, I thought that especially on the really bad days where that percentage might be a little bit higher, it might be beneficial to actually just minimize the total amount of thoughts that you have instead of using your energy to try to be positive all day, which can get quite draining actually. So I started to implement this really cool two-step process on the days where I just can't seem to be positive at all, and it's really been helping me out a lot. 
So step one is I try to just spend my entire day being in a constant state of awareness and meditation. Um, So I'm just absorbing, paying attention. I don't give any prolonged thought to anything at all. I'm not judging. Um, And I do this whether I'm at home all day, I'm going to work or hanging out with friends, whatever it is. I just try to stay in the moment. And then whenever any negative thoughts try to creep back up, um, I remind myself to get back to that state. So overall, this limits the amount of total thoughts I have throughout the day, which then limits the amount of negativity I end up spending my um, focus on, right? And it gives me kind of like a mental break. And then step two is that um, hopefully the next day when I wake up, I'm feeling better. I take some time to reflect and journal. So the idea is not to ignore your bad feelings, which can get quite dangerous and destructive over time, but you wait for a better day when they feel less overwhelming and crippling so that you can process them. Um, This just seems like a really healthy way to love and be genuine to myself, and I hope that this helps some of the listeners who maybe don't do well when it comes to putting that smile on on those tough days. All right, y'all, before we get to our added value segment this week, it looks like Kathy, one of our lovely Patreon supporters, has a testimonial for us. The Minimalist Private Podcast kind of snuck up on me when I was listening to someone else's decluttering workshop. I was failing miserably, but you two were different. You helped me understand the why of my addiction to stuff. I am now in the process of letting go and not beating myself up for the past five years. Love people, use things is a much happier way to live. Thank you both for the gentle nudges on your private podcast. The gentle Mm. nudges, Ryan. Yes. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit more blunt than gentle. Especially on the private podcast. Yeah. We roll up our sleeves and let our hair down and other mixed metaphors. Yes. (laughs) I love that book. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great like grammar or writing book, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Speaking of great books, uh, our added value segment this week, our friend Dave, Dave Ramsey, has a new book out. Now, Here's why I wanted to talk about this because, well, we've been on his show a bunch of times. He was in our Netflix documentary, the second one, uh, Less Is Now. And one of the things that he does so well is he helps people understand why it is not necessary to demonize wealth. Mm. So his new book is called Baby Steps Millionaires. The subtitle is How Ordinary People Build Extraordinary Wealth and How You Can Too. And what I like about this, and there are a few chapters in here, I'll hold it up for YouTube if you're watching the show on YouTube here. But what I like about the book here is he, well, he not only does he talk about that large study of millionaires, you remember we had Chris Hogan on the podcast to talk about millionaires. They did the largest ever study of millionaires and you figure out that, oh, most millionaires are just average people like teachers and accountants and and people who over a long period of time invest their money in a responsible way. Such evil. <laughs> All of those evil teachers. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I no, I love how uh, yeah, he just kind of dispels that. And there's a few other things here in in the book. So there's a a chapter in here about how wealth is not evil, how equal is not always fair, which um Man, that might piss some people off, but Mm. he goes into depth and explains that um, the wealthy are not evil. The toxic views of wealth in our culture. Also, will wealth ruin my kids? Mm. I know that's one thing that it's 
it makes sense to worry about, right? Because mm. quite often adverse, adversity in our lives is what shapes us into being stronger, better, more resilient human beings. Yeah. Right. And so I think that is a concern. And of course, he addresses that as well. Uh, on his website right now, if you go to, actually, we'll just put a link to it in the show notes. I don't get anything for telling you this. Ryan doesn't get anything. We don't do any sponsorships, Mm-mm. but we like Dave. He has a bundle for the new book, Baby Steps Millionaires. You'll get the audio book, the ebook, the book book. And I think he even includes an app and a course and and, and uh, his first book, the, the big one, The Total Money Makeover. Mm. And so The Total Money Makeover has the seven baby steps in it uh, to get out of debt. You and I have bought this book by the case and we would hand it out to people. Yeah. In fact, I still buy that book by the case and will hand it out to folks quite frequently when they're trying to get out of debt. Mm. Well, the fourth baby step in, in that book is about investing, you know, taking 15% of your income mm-hmm. and finding ways to grow that money over a protracted period of time. Yeah. And this book really just dives deep into that fourth baby step. And, and takes you deep. It's called Baby Steps Millionaires. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. By the way, Ryan, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like many people don't even have $400 for an emergency. So how do cash savings and lines of credit figure into just in case? Mm. Also, help! I hang on to gifts from others that I don't use just in case they might visit me. <laughs> uh, what, what should I say if they ask about a gift? that I ended up getting rid of. Plus, a question about, what about very expensive just-in-case items? Mm, Fabergé eggs. Ooh. (laughs) Or $39,000 pieces of poop. Oh, my God. What about those expensive just-in-case items that can't be replaced? Plus, a million more questions about letting go for The Minimalists. If you want to hear all that, check out The Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalists. If you want our podcast show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list at theminimalists.com. On behalf of Ryan Nicodemus, Podcast Sean, Malabama, Jordan No More, Social Jess, Danny Unknown, Emma the Immigrant, and the rest of our team, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn, reminding you to love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it